BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Check this out. Illinois has recreational cannabis, right? What if you want to feel real good without getting high? And how about ordering it online and getting it right to your door? Well, there's this company, Mineral. They do whole plant hemp oil formulations. It's like CBD, but it's more than CBD. Mineral grows the hemp in Colorado. They formulate the product in Colorado, and they create these organic all-plant formulations for anxiety, stress, inflammation, post-at-home workout, and get this, the sleep one. It's fantastic. So what makes them unique is they actually blend these plant components together. Things that the body has, like fats and vitamins, that actually increase the absorption and effectiveness. So you actually get to feel the benefit of these formulations, truly. The guy who founded the company, Mills is his name. He's coming on the show next week, and you're going to hear his story. He was in Peru. They tried to take out his colon, but he used cannabis oil to recover instead. I know, it sounds trippy, but wait till you hear his story. It's mineral. It's a beautiful company, beautiful formulations. I love the balance. I love the sleep. It's mineralhealth.co. That's M-I-N-E-R-A-L-H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-O. And if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you are, you want to try their formulations, then use code CHICAGO15. That's Chicago spelled out the number 15. That's C-H-I-C-A-G-O-1-5. You do that, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's 15%. That's only available for listeners of the podcast. So use that code. Thank you, Mineral, and thank yourselves too, because you're going to love this stuff. Cannabis without the high. That's correct. It's Cannabis Conversation on the Ben Jarofsky Show. We do this once a week or so. And uh, Lisa from the Chicago Reader comes in and she introduces our guest. Lisa, before we introduce our distinguished guest for Cannabis Conversation, uh, why don't you give us a little update what's going on with my beloved Chicago Reader? Ah, yeah, the Reader, our latest project to generate revenue during the time of COVID-19 is actually a 420 activity book. We're so excited. We've got some amazing artists that contributed coloring pages. And we've got celebrated chefs like Angelina Bastidas, who's the youngest Top Chef contestant ever, Tim Johnson, who was on Guy's Grocery Games, and Chris, the herbal chef, and lots of others that have contributed amazing recipes. And we have some fun puzzles and activities. So the ordering for that is going to go live on 4.20 at 4.20 p.m. at chicagoreader.com slash 420 book, 420-B-O-O-K. So check that out on Monday. That's going to be amazing. And today we're thrilled to have a real expert in the field, Mills Miller from Mineral Health, who is going to talk to us about CBD, some of its benefits. Mills, why don't I let you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you got into this? Oh, amazing. You want me to go all the way to yeah. now, Ben? Yes. I, I want to, because uh, just so uh, our listeners know, they've been hearing the commercials, and I've been doing the live reads, uh, and it talks about uh, something that went down in Peru. 
So uh, might as well take the deep dive. I started promising people, Mills, that you would uh, tell folks uh, what went down and how it led to the creation of your product. So take it away. Uh, okay, amazing. Hey, everybody um, in Chicago and beyond. Um, I'm Mills. Some call me Mills McQueen. Some call me Mills Miller. Neither of my given names. Uh, my given name is Matthew Miller, um, but Mills is a family name that's been with my brothers and I and my father for a long time. Um, I, uh, in 2016, I had owned a creative agency with uh, my partner or co-founder in Mineral Now to Harris Baslani. We're both from Dallas, Texas. Um, we had owned this agency for about five years. We were doing quite well, uh, very luxury branding projects, commercial directing, um, creating visual identities for businesses, uh, some that everybody are familiar with, some that nobody is familiar with. Um, and we had uh, a, a, or afforded ourselves some time off in the summer of 2016. I went to uh, Peru um, to uh, a ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony. It's okay to talk about ayahuasca on this, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's uh, DMT in T form for the listeners in a very basic understanding that's usually administered by a shaman. Um, and I went there, I did a 10 day ceremony in the jungle, um, in the Amazonian jungle. And then on my way coming back to civilization, Peruvian civilization, I was in uh, Lima and and, uh, then was, uh, in Peru as well. And he was going to climb, uh, not Pisca, which is 19,000 feet. I had never heard of it before, but I'm a healthy individual. Uh, it was something I could do, so I said yes, and I met him in uh, Perez, uh, a little mountain town at the base of the Andes Mountains, so several mountains, not just Mount Pisco, um, but bigger mountains as well, but Pisco, just 19,000 feet. We uh, climbed that mountain, took about five days. Um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, I, something I suggest, summoning something that high or even higher or just a little bit lower is something very, very special. You do it at sunrise. Um, it's pretty life affirming, which is ironic considering what happened afterwards. But um, I ate with, I speak Sp- uh, pretty decent Spanish. So I was out with the, the Sherpas after the summit um, at Moraine Camp, which is 14,000 feet on your way down. In Africa. Um, and they fed me something that they weren't feeding the other, uh, the other, um, um, hikers, the other climbers, the other people on this deal. Um, and we, uh, the Sherpas and I ate Sherpa stew. It had guinea pig and alpaca in it, which is common in Peru, um, culture, uh, cuisine culture. And I found out, uh, very shortly after probably 18, 24 hours afterwards that, that, uh, something that stew, most likely the guinea pig and alpaca was rancid. Um, and it, caused me to become very, very ill. Um, I was in a hotel in uh, Juarez, that mountain town again. I was uh, experiencing pretty <laughs> awful um, weight loss as well as uh, in a to eat or drink anything, period. Um, trying to sleep, couldn't sleep. Um, I tried to persevere and eventually um, found myself in Cusco. And in Cusco is when it... Uh, something that I could no longer persevere through. Um, I went to a clinic in Cusco while my friends who I had just climbed this mouth, or not my friends, my, my friend Devin and 
some other individuals who I wasn't that familiar with. They went on to uh, hike Machu Picchu. Uh, I went to a clinic to get to figure some things out. They did a blood test, a stool test, um, an X-ray, and they were pretty adamant after all this um, that I my colon was going to pop. They showed me an obstruction in my colon uh, and said it was caused by um, some inflammation in my lower intestine, my uh, lower intestine, my lower intestine that inflamed and wrapped itself around my colon and it was squeezing my colon like a water balloon. Mm. Um, so the fear was that fecal, uh, or that my colon was going to pop and then eventually fecal matter would get into my blood system and I would uh, be very ill. Um, so I, uh, so they were, they were adamant again, like I said, that they take out my colon um, and give me, uh, a, a, give me a colectomy and give me a colonoscopy bag, um, to, um, um, because in fear that, uh, my colon would, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm mumbling a little bit, but, uh, they fear that my colon would, uh, pop. They wanted to take it out so that wouldn't happen. And I wouldn't be, I, and my colon wouldn't pop and fecal matter wouldn't lick into my blood system and I'd become septic. Well, I, I declined, um, and I left and, um, I eventually found myself back at that clinic after passing out. The woman who had owned the Airbnb I was staying at came to check on us and I was passed out. Um, so she took me back to that clinic where, again, these people were adamant that they took out my colon. I again declined. Um, and I uh, sent Devin, who was a teacher at the time, a distress signal. He got there about 16 hours later to the clinic where I was uh, pretty in pretty horrible shape. Um, and uh, he got me out. And he got me on a flight uh, to Lima, and then through conversations with several uh, government officials, we were able to find me. And we were able to avoid a medical uh, evacuation and uh, find me a Spirit Airlines flight with about with like half less than half people going to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I went. I flew from Lima to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and then flew to Dallas, Texas, where I'm from, and uh, in Baylor Hospital they. Uh, they affirmed or confirmed most of these things that the Peruvian doctors had told me in Spanish, but this time in English. And they were also adamant or pretty confident that they needed to take out my colon. Um, at that time, I would learn a couple other things that I was like dying of electrolyte deficiency. So I did go on electrolyte dip, uh, drip, excuse me, but I didn't do any of the other um, things that they wanted to do, including taking out my colon. They gave me liquid antibiotics, liquid antibiotics. I've generally been opposed to um, any form of, you know, Western medicine. I'm not, I, at that time, I was completely versed in alternative medicines. I, I was familiar with plant medicine, and I was uh, adamant that I was confident that we could do something in that way. So, um, I, at that time, I, I I probably weighed 160 when I left for Peru. When I got back, I was close to 135, 140. Um, so it was a bit of a battle just in um, regaining the weight. But I used pumpkin, clove, garlic, charcoal, mud. Uh, to kill this parasite, and then I used cannabis oil to reduce the inflammation of my lower intestine, and then avoid and eventually release the strip of my colon and avoid a colectomy. Uh, it, I mean, I use a lot of water and ginger as well. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of ways to holistically reduce the inflammation, not just the cannabis oil, but the cannabis oil was a big, big piece of it. Um, they, shortly thereafter, uh, I told Harris about the experience, and I, I had been talking to him while I was in. Uh, South America, and um, they, this boom of 2016 was very real. Um, a conversation was starting to come online about CBD, 
Uh, there were you know companies out there actively advertising CBD. Um, it's something that we were confident that we could create and hopefully find an audience for. Um, as people um, in the brand space, creative space, we you know often dive into the projects that if we can, if the budgets afford it, we can often dive into the client's work and you know accurately tell a narrative there so that it's yeah right one um did the same thing with cannabis and i started uh really becoming um, a botanist if you will i consider myself an amateur botanist now um but uh, i started to learn about the plant um both the, the cannabis plant i'm talking about so hemp and marijuana the family and um i started to go to farms. I started to go to grows. I started to learn about extraction techniques. Um, I learned about formulation. I talked to scientists. I went really deep into cannabinoids. I went really deep into terpenes, cannabinoids, chemical compounds of the cannabis plant, like CBD, THC, terpenes, uh, the constituents that give it its scent and its smell also have therapeutic benefits, independent of cannabinoids. So I was very lucky because maybe six or seven months in to my research, I met a gentleman, a farmer who pretty much was the impetus of minerals hypothesis or theory in creating products because the buzz was um, we were in Texas. So I was in Texas, Harris was in New York city at the time, but um, we were going to need to do something in the eventually federally legal space and not the, or we just had decided that's what we wanted to do because we were, um, you know, very much trying to be opportunistic um, and cast a wide net. Um, but that, that is, um, um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, so we focused on better, what would eventually be federally legal hemp. Um, and our focus at the time absolutely was on that single uh, cannabinoid compound CBD. But uh, I ran it, I, w- I had the very great pleasure of meeting this farmer. And uh, he was the man who, uh, again, the of minerals theory or hypothesis around creating products and that is that the whole plant not a single compound is what uh you receive what a human body body mind would receive benefit from so that kind of go i mean that's a long way to get to where mineral is you know today which is mineral is a whole plant um hemp brand that formulates cannabinoids and terpenes for targeted benefits in the mind body um i was just talking to somebody about you know what that whole plant thing means because it's it's beginning to, to use quite liberally in the space right now. Uh, but you know, the conversation was on CBD, then it became on full spectrum, broad spectrum, isolate. And then now it's starting to shift towards whole plant hip, which is something that we've been uh, stewards for since the beginning. That is that the, the, the plant, um, the whole plant and the, formu- the final formulation, uh, the final formulation contains a percentage of stem stock. So it has fats, vitamins, you know, acids, um, and lipids that uh, increase the absorption of a formulation because these are things that your body has naturally. Um, and if you introduce something that your body has, it has a higher opportunity or a higher bioavailability to activate, to receive and activate that solution. Um, so all of our sublinguals, we have a line of sublinguals that you guys are familiar with. I think everybody at the office is there has taken them since you invited me onto the show. Um, they're all whole foods, whole products, and the ability and, and the availability or the, the the ability of this to your body is very high. Um, and that's kind of that's not kind of excuse me. That is absolutely something that separates us from uh, the cannabis space as a whole. If we're considering both 
recreational, medical, and federally legal products. All right, uh, I'm going to take a break here. Alicia, do you have a question before I ask uh, Mills my questions? Yes, if you will just tell people why is it you went to cannabis when you were sick, why it is that it works so well with the human body. You referred to that just a little bit, but you talk a little bit more about why the human body is so receptive to the healing properties of cannabis. Um, I think for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it's something that's been around um, since before our current state as humans. Um, for something our ancestors used uh, in, you know, a plant that our ancestors used regularly, if not, um, you know, every day. Um, second, it's because of the things I was just talking about. Uh, it is, it is a fat. It can be a fatty plant. The oil can be fatty. Um, and your body uh, needs these things um, in order to absorb anything. Um, you know, it needs things like, you know, that's why water can quench, quench your thirst is because your body's 70% water. So you're giving more of it to it. So same thing with fat. Your body is, has a lot of fat on it. We love avocados. And if you have fat in the pan, cannabis plant, it's going to uh, be something that the body receives very well. Right. And it's interesting that you mentioned whole plant because I have been hearing a lot more about that lately. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the entourage effect and that the whole plant, by bringing in these lipids and fats, you're getting even more than when you're using the whole flower because there has been a lot of research to show that when you use even just the, all parts of the flower, your body takes it in and makes better use of it than when it's an isolate. So, yep. And I noticed, so in your products, some of them have MCT oil as the carrier, and at least one has avocado oil. What was the theory behind that? Uh, again, fats, um, medium chain triglycerides. You know, honestly, they're 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 high percentile percentages, uh, just from uh, a formulation perspective. But the 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 actual percentage of the whole plant, um, in my mind, supersedes the percentage of. MCT or, or in the case of recovery, which is uh, CBD, CBG, uh, linalool as the terpene formulation, um, has the avocado oil so that you can use it topically as well. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 they are uh, fatty carrier oils, uh, again, to help with absorption in the body. Avocado, MCT oil, which, you know, which comes from coconuts, organic oh. coconuts in the case of mineral formulation. Yeah, you do have very clean organic products. So for people listening that want to learn more about different cannabinoids and terpenes, you can look online. There's some information on their site and leafly.com. Is a some, I think there's a lot of information on their site. Yeah. So check that out because that will really explain <laughs> to you because his formulations, you're right. And you do have a lot because CBN like can help induce sleep and they include that cannabinoid in their sleep formula. So there are a lot of different parts of the plant that can do different things. Some have a really good anti-inflammatory property. And they just do different things. And so they do have a very scientific and mindful approach to their products. Yeah, you will learn by looking yeah. at that. Mills, All right, so Ben, you had yeah, a question. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to turn the conversation in a more political direction. Uh, and I'll start with this, Mills. You, you mentioned at the, the uh, right. at the outset um, uh, federally legal hemp that you were operating in the federally legal space. Talk a little bit about that, the implications for somebody in a business like yours, uh, the, the fact that uh, cannabis is still illegal uh, on a federal level. 
well, marijuana is legal at a federal level. Uh, when we're talking about cannabis, I usually refer to it as hemp, and that's really different than you know where it is recreational, um, and people are are widely adapting it. Um, federally legal hemp is something that happened in 2018. The farm bill signed by uh, the current president is um, quite familiar with at this time. Um, but it it basically made companies like mine um, and uh, beauty or um, supplement companies using these cannabis components like we've talked about as ingredients. Um, and it's important not to just, I mean, depending on the, on, depending on the intended benefit, you know, it's important to not just consider them just simply ingredients. Um, they do blend well with everything that we've and, and the products that we're all currently using from a, a topical sublingual flower perspective, they do blend well with other uh, plant components and that's really helpful. Um, but they are, you know, again, from the cannabis plant, which for the for the majority of our life and the majority of your life, uh, since you're just a bit older than I am, uh, <laughs> has been illegal to consume in any yeah. capacity. Yeah, I am a bit yeah, older so, than you, Mills. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think eventually, maybe eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that uh, in there. I have not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think eventually it became, it became. I mean, who knows what the new normal is now? Right now, I mean, we're recording this during, um, during a pandemic. Most of these people that most of our, the list, your listeners, are at home, you know. So, who knows what the new normal is? But it would, I think, a bit as these things become more online, you know, these things, including my, you know, psilocybin from mycelium and, and clinical trials for ketamine as a antidepressant. What? those things may become a little bit more normal, but there is, there is some responsibility in administration. Um, and we have the responsibility mineral to be efficacious, transparent, um, and then our consumers have the responsibility, you know, we, they're buying products from the internet. So that a lot of the responsibility is on them. Our responsibility is to deliver a high quality product, a high quality formulation. And their responsibility is to, you know, consume as needed and, uh, you know, if they need to be at home, even though none of these things are enter- entirely psychoactive, you know, um, we, we all just are kind of ha- putting the power back into our, our back into our own hands. And it comes to uh, this plant, which is amazing and will likely come online for the, a lot of the other plants out there um, and, uh, and the other things that we can create uh, from plants. Right. And I just want to throw something out. So Mineral Health Mills Company. Um, is organic. They have very clean products. And on their website, you can find the COAs. Those are certificates that prove it had third-party lab testing done and that they're free of toxins. So when you're going to buy any CBD product, you really need to make sure that the company has that because some of the stuff out there can do more harm than good. Yeah, or just could not be what it is. And that's the biggest issue there i think you know, the, the, when we talk about the whole plant stuff i mean you're going to see that on packaging coming um and there's really no uh, guidelines to from the fda which whatever but um there's no guidelines to you know check boxes to be considered whole plant and it's just something that people are just continuously insatiable to lazy late being very lazy to innovate because it's just a term that they're not really abiding by um just to uh, capture a wave like CBD was a wave or or CBN was a wave for a bit, you know, just capture wave, get more sales, get more revenue. I think it's interesting Um, to point out that while we are on stay at home in in most states and only essential businesses are allowed to stay open, that 
uh, medical cannabis uh, dispensaries have been deemed essential, I think, in every state that's put those orders in place. And a number of states are also still allowing rec sales, deeming that as essential, which I love to see because, to me, that's recognition by some people in power that this is something that has, you know, benefits to people. Yeah, and I oh, I think if they do in doing that, they should let everybody out of jail who's there for a cannabis-related offense. I'm sure you yeah. agree. So, Illinois is really working hard to make that happen. It's not happening as quickly as a lot of people would like to see, but I think we're doing the best job here of any state. So I really commend the legislators that worked on that legislation and continue to push to actually have it happen. A lot of people have been let out. There's still more that need to be let out. Yeah, Mills, what got me going on this uh, on this issue about a decade ago was the fact that uh, the laws were how do I being enforced in a very racially discriminatory way uh, here in Chicago, where uh, essentially everybody was smoking marijuana, consuming reefer, and uh, only black people were getting arrested for it, which uh, you know I yeah. I started pounding that drum about ten years ago. And, uh, you know, at first, when I first started writing these articles, people wouldn't even talk about it. Elected officials, Mills, would not even want to address the issue of legalization. It was as though they felt they would automatically lose. And, and, and one of the, my pet peeves, Mills, that I raised with pretty much everyone is that so much about this plant, so much about this, this whole industry uh, is just like uh, shrouded in myth uh, or um, a creation of like a propaganda war that goes back to the 60s, maybe even before that. And it was so difficult to get people in Illinois uh, to just confront the fact that there was so much uh, discrimination in the enforcement. It was an impractical uh, a law because so many people smoked it and yet people were pretending as though they were going along with this notion that it was bad for you, that it was bad for society. You know what I mean? We were allowing ourselves to be controlled by a myth that we didn't, no, probably nobody believed in. And then all of a sudden in Illinois mills, it's like the myth disappeared. I, I can't believe how fast it happened where we went from uh, medical marijuana to recreational cannabis now we're talking about we just had a, a state rep on the show last week uh, mills who was talking about uh, a law that would allow for delivery of recreational cannabis i mean it's happening so quickly it just fell apart but so much of the rest of the country you know what i mean is still operating under this myth yeah texas Texas. So, Ben, you shared an article with me earlier today in the New York Times about the NFL. Do you want to talk a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I do that? want to talk. I shared that. I, I gave that to Mills. That was his homework assignment to read. Uh, and uh, he dutifully <laughs> read it, and there'll be and there'll be a little quiz, Mills, after the show. But uh, this 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 article again gets back to what I was talking about. The myth of marijuana and how like this old war of drugs attitude toward cannabis still exists. So uh, football players, of course, you know, they pound themselves senselessly every Sunday or every Monday, whenever 
uh, and they accumulate. A, it's devastating to their bodies, to their brains. Uh, and many of them discovered that uh, what smoking a joint or it's not even like uh, under the care of a doctor necessarily, but that uh, cannabis gives them some sort of uh, what a relief from the pain. And yet the NFL considers it, uh, it, it still makes it illegal if a player uh, is caught uh, with any kind of uh, marijuana, uh, possession of marijuana or marijuana system, uh, he'll be suspended. So finally, under the, the, the current um, collective bargaining agreement that they agreed to with the players, they, they step back a little bit. So the, like the first violation doesn't mean automatic suspension, but they still treat it as though it's harmful, it's dangerous, it should be policed, it should be regulated. A, a player is free to go out and drink himself senselessly on alcohol if he wants to to alleviate his pain, not that that would, but if you smoke a joint or if you take any kind of cannabis product uh, to take care of your pain, it's illegal. And it's, it's like you have to go into a program that the NFL uh, administrates, which, like, I don't even know what they're going to be telling you, Mills, you know, like, I don't know what's in that program, but you have to go through some kind of NFL mandated program. Yeah. And many of these players will tell you that the only relief they get from the pain is through cannabis. I made, I sent that to you and Lisa and, and asked you guys to at least scan the article because it just shows how much resistance there still is to freely a, a using cannabis throughout our country to making it legal on a federal level, to making it illegal on a federal level. Well, I don't. There. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. No, I don't think it's so surprising that something. I don't think it's so surprising that something so barbaric as football, which we all enjoy, uh, would be barbaric in its rule setting um, and its you know kingsmanship to continue to uh, try to police uh, grown men who are, you know, as you said, putting their bodies on the line for the enjoyment of thousands, millions of people in the, around the world. Um, it is unfortunate that, you know, old white men continue to run our country. Also, you know, the age of Roger Goodell, but he's older, uh, you know, run something like the NFL, which imagine produces the most amount of cash from any sport in the country. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll pay them $16 million a year, but they they won't allow them to, consume cannabis um, which is unfortunate right and there is there's there's an abundance of anecdotal evidence and growing scientific evidence as to how it helps protect and heal the brain yes so i mean you hear these players talk about how they had such issues impulse control issues they were throwing things they were screaming at their families and then they started using cannabis and it just really helped level them out, even when they weren't under the effects of it. It really does make a difference for a lot of people. And I'm also curious, with this policy, Ben, do you happen to know, are they also testing everyone that has even the smallest percentage of ownership in the NFL teams to see if they ever test positive? And if so, do they have to sell their shares? Because I got to tell you, I think a lot of people at that level, well, maybe not some of the main owners, but I'm sure there are plenty of people with stakes in the NFL that use cannabis. 
Well, this gets back to the utter hypocrisy of this issue. And, and I know you're being a little facetious there, Lisa, but I was smiling when you said that. Because, no, they do not test owners uh, to see if they uh, smoked a joint last night. This goes back to the hypocrisy I saw back 10 years ago when I first started writing these stories. When, like I said, it was black people that get arrested for something that white people do all the time. I, right now, Mills, I'm doing my show from my attic because we're, um, you know, we're all quarantining. And I'm overlooking the alley. And I can't tell you how many times I watch kids go through that alley smoke, <laughs> smoking a joint yeah. as they're walking down the alley, all right? And uh, it's been happening for yeah. years. So it all... People are doing it and freely doing it in America. It's all part of our culture. Uh, we laugh at it when we see it in movies. We celebrate it. Uh, and yet it's still like there's these vestiges of the, and it's a good word you use, barbaric attitudes, Mills, that people have toward it. And so, yeah, absolutely correct. The, the owner of the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, they're free to smoke as much reefer as they want. But if you play on their team, you're going to be tested for it. And then they're going to pretend like you did something wrong if, they, if you test positive. So they're going to make you go through some kind of drug education program. Lord knows who's teaching the program, what they're teaching you. What are they going to tell you? You know, oh, you're in utter pain. You can barely walk. Your knees are screaming at you when you wake up in the morning. So what? Drink? I mean, what are you supposed to do? And so when I see this obvious hypocrisy at play, and uh, while I see in our one little state, Mills, that it's now legal and uh, for recreational purposes, and you pretty soon you're going to be doing deliveries, I'm saying there's something off here. You follow me, Mills? There's something right. off here that it's legal in Illinois, but it's illegal in Texas. It's legal in Illinois, and yet if you're a member of the Chicago Bears and you use it, the NFL could, like, what, suspend you? I think that they put you in their, their drug prevention program. They won't find you now, or they, 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 won't, they, they, won't, they won't take away your money, money, but they'll suspend you from playing. Is that correct? Yes, but yeah. if you don't play you don't get paid. So where I think, uh, you know, you get paid by, by game. Um, I, I wouldn't even go deeper in the article. Admittedly, I, I, I skimmed it, but you know, um, Lisa brought up something interesting. Um, I imagine, you know, I, I, I think that everybody smokes uh, marijuana or everybody consumes some form of cannabis. Um, I'm sure I'm a bit naive there, but back, you know, old white men running those NFL teams as well. I mean, the, the owners of those teams, but the, the owner of the, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys where I'm from is, is an old white man. I don't know the owner of the Chicago Bears too well, but I imagine I would take a guess that he's an old white man. But a lot Accurate. of these teams uh, also have like owners with smaller interests. So it goes beyond just the old white guy who may believe in reefer madness. So, there's a movie that I bring up on almost every show. Mills, have you seen <laughs> Grass that was produced in 1999, narrated by Woody Harrelson? Grass. Yeah, it is a phenomenal film. He takes everyone through. It was produced by Ron Mann. But the history of prohibition and all the ridiculousness and racism that went into making cannabis illegal. And I would like to see every professional team owner 
everyone who works for the organizations, the commissioners, everyone sit down and watch that film and then have conversations with some social justice and social equity experts because it's just horrifying to anyone who really knows what happened. And if it's not, that person has to Well, maybe it. Ben can send it to me on VHS. Hey, hey, Mills, I got to tell you this, just to go back to what you were saying, uh, the the Chicago Bears are owned by a family, a McCaskey family, and the McCaskey family, it's a matriarch. Uh, I believe she's 90 years old, so it's not an old white man, but it's an older, it's an older white woman. So, uh, but the... Uh, that's who the beneficiary of the, those are the people making money off the Chicago bears. Uh, so just, just so people know, it's not technically an old white man. Um, but the McCaskies been running the bears, uh, for well, a good long somebody, time. Good that somebody's making money off the bears, right? Yeah. They're making, they're not very good. yeah, they're making big time money off the bears. And meanwhile, they're, the players, it's insane. It's legal in the state of Illinois, unless you play for the Chicago bears, probably who probably would need it uh, most. Uh, before I let you go, Mills, at least there's any last question you want to ask Mills before you let him go? Um, I'm, I'm curious. So you're in the CBD business now, what's referred to you know, as legal hemp. Do you have plans to enter into the cannabis market? Yeah, we. I mean, I think the common uh, nomenclature there is to say that we are in the CBD business. We don't consider ourselves in that, you know, as a federally legal have federally legal cannabis. Yes, uh, we absolutely will do um, applications in the recreational space. Um, very much uh, like our current formulations, which are available online, but with higher counts of uh, the THC cannabinoid. Um, and still in sophisticated, not necessarily um, over-served, uh, elements, you know, we think that uh, the the Sunday morning analogy is really great, or the relieving of stress and anxiety. You know, those those key uh, benefits that our current products uh, offer from a federally legal space, we would still go in when, when we transition into Illinois, California, Colorado. Those are the first three states. Uh, cannabis, we will still focus on uh, improving well-being or improving sense of self, um, which you can do by getting high. Absolutely, I mean. Microdosing psilocybin is an amazing way to feel like a, an improved sense of self. And so is microdosing cannabis or consuming a, a whole joint in, at your own uh, with the, the owner of the Chicago Bears. You know, <laughs> the, these things are still very enjoyable. Um, but we would lo- we we would we will focus primarily on extensions of our current uh, product formulations. I do have one other question, since this show is sponsored by some unions and has a lot of union listeners. Some of the jobs are licensed by the state. Cannabis use, not an issue unless the employer says it is. But some of these positions, um, the workers have federal licenses. So THC is illegal at the federal level. So if someone wants to use a CBD product like yours for sleep or something like that, do you know anything about the sensitivity on a lot of the drug tests and what the likelihood is that someone might test positive because of the small amount of THC in a whole plant CBD tincture? Um, no, I mean, everything is tested to fall within the legal limits. I mean, I don't think a product works unless it has that legal amount of THC in it, and it is very, very small, but it, it's a synergistic component. So with it, you know, we think of CBD as an activator for receptor sites to receive additional cannabinoids, and these receptor sites are in your mind and they're in your body. Um, so when CBD is administered, it 
activates these receptor sites, and then because of the fats, you consume more. Or you you, uh, you consume you know most of it, or most of it is available to you. Um, and then these additional cannabinoids, which right now are considered you know the minors, we don't consider them the minors whatsoever. CBC, CBT, CBN, um, CBDVA, THCA, THCVA, et cetera, et cetera, THC. Um, they start to possess these medicinal benefits that are heightened because they're together, which you refer to as the entourage effect earlier, you know, what we refer to it as well. But we think about CBD as reducing inflammation and then activating receptor sites to receive additional cannabinoids and circuits. Um, so the question, I believe you asked me about testing. So if, it, if it, I, I don't think it's in my best interest or would my attorney want me to to answer any question about testing. So I will tell you that we test our products for cannabinoid potency, terpene potency, uh, residual solvents, heavy metals, et cetera. We test our product to make sure it's a safe thing to administer to people and actually what is on the packaging or in the marketing. So Ben, on a future show, we should get someone on to talk about uh, first responders having like a zero um, tolerance that even if they're using a CBD product, there's a first responder I'd spoken with who was injured on the job who tested positive for CBD use because I guess what the police use must be really a sensitive test. And yeah. they were told they couldn't use CBD. So let's let's talk about that on a different well, that'll show. That'll be a but different no, thank show. You. Yeah. That'll be a different show. Thank you show. for sharing so much information and explaining to people why whole plant is so important and what to look for in a good product. So yeah, you can go to mineralhealth.com. Is that your website? Mineralhealth.co. Mineralhealth.co. Yeah, mineralhealth.com is, I think, 70 grand right now. So it's, it's in the works for sure. <laughs> Mineral.com is plus a million. I mean, we consider our company to be mineral, um, okay. which is essential. And, uh, and you know, Apple's Apple Computers, Nike is Nike Incorporated. So it's something we've worked to, to have that very... Uh, a memorable, or excuse me, a very memorable uh, one-word business name. Yeah. All right, very well, good. Well, thank you for sharing your story, too. Wow, what a yeah, travel I, story you have there. Glad you came out of it okay. Yeah, I'm sorry I got uh, um, a little jumbled there. I was, uh, we're, we're having supply chain, we're, we're fixing supply chain puzzles right now. So it shows you how my life is going currently that I'm having this podcast and everything and also getting uh, notes from you know my operations manager that he can't find this or that <laughs> as we're trying to roll out an additional nutrient topical. So it's just it's it, 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 we're, we're 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 solving problems and 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 creating puzzles and fix and, and finishing puzzles right now. Supply chain. All right. Well, thank you very much, right, Mills, well, thank and, you. and well, thank you, Lisa. Chicago uh, Reader on four twenty at four twenty. Check out chicagoreader dot com slash four twenty book. Take care, Mills. Take care, Lisa. That's another Ben Drops. You guys got to have me back.